You're listening to The Marriage Project Podcast, episode number 17. The Marriage Project is a community organization that exists to educate a future generation while encouraging and inspiring hope for this one through the portrait of God's design for marriage. It is a collective of stories from couples spanning across the nation and globe to share with you the hope they have found in Jesus. This is a one-stop shop to hear how God has impacted each life here and to shine light and shed light on what our part is in his plan. Hello, Marriage Project listeners from quarantine. (laughs) Welcome back. I'm glad that you're here. And I'm so happy to report that we are going to be having an episode this month. I wasn't sure how that was going to look. So I had reached out to my friends Jen and Sean Stocking a while ago. We've been talking about this recording for a long time. I just thought you would love to hear from them and their perspective and hear a bit of their story. We had a date scheduled and it happened to be April 4th. We were going to record and then everything happened around March 14th, 15th in California anyway. So we had to come up with something. We decided to still take pictures, but I kept my distance. I had my six feet in between their family, and we got to incorporate their kids in the shoe, and I just did some pictures in their front yard, in their backyard, and the idea that God gave me in the middle of the night was to have Jen and Sean just record the two of them, to have them sit down together and go through some of the questions that I sent And that's exactly what they did. And I was cracking up listening to their story or just the way that they told it and the way they interacted. It was so cute. So this is a new idea. I thought maybe I could keep doing this. You guys need to let me know how you like this episode in the format of just the two of them conversing apart from me interviewing them. And I wanted to jokingly add to make a fun game out of how many times we say quarantine in this episode because it's not just once. There's a few um, other references to that word. So... Anyway, I just wanted to check in with you guys. I wanted to read a scripture that God put before my eyes in the last couple of weeks uh, going through my Bible study, and it's just something that we can be doing and something I think he's calling us to right now, that this time is so on purpose. It's not an accident. I know it seems that it came out of nowhere, this coronavirus. We just don't really have answers, and I know a lot of us miss our friends, our church, our family are missing these events that we can't attend and people's weddings are being postponed, little leagues canceled. You're not going to be able to go back to your same teacher this school year. So there's just a lot of things that we are allowed to grieve, but I also do believe it's a time that God's using to simplify and simplify our routine, our life, show us what's most important. And Sean and Jen point that out, that that's what God's been teaching them in this quarantine. And just to focus on God, to focus wholeheartedly on him. And that's what he desires. And that's the scripture that he highlighted to me in Deuteronomy chapter six. The top, it says a call for wholehearted commitment And I'm going to skip down to verses 4 through verse 12 because we will get out of this time. It might not seem like it today because we're bored or whatever it is, we're fixing our eyes on the wrong thing though because that's not the... And I think verse 12 holds the key to that answer. So this is what we, um, through the example God shares with Israel, what we can and want, he wants us to be doing. It says, verse 4, listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, 
all your soul and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road, when you are going to bed and when you are getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And I want to pause there because in my study, I looked that up. That is definitely, um, if you dig deeper, tied to Jewish culture, the way that they tie things in scripture to their hands and wear them on their forehead. But we can apply that to our own lives. Uh, We do write things on our doors. We do put signs in our yards with scripture and share our love for the Lord with others in our neighborhood or put it on a plaque in our home and share it for those who walk in our doors. So that's relatable. Verse 10, I'll pick up, says, The Lord your God will soon bring you into the land he swore to give you when he made a vow to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It is a land with large, prosperous cities that you did not build. The houses will be richly stocked with goods you did not produce. You will draw water from cisterns you did not dig, and you will eat from vineyards and olive trees you did not plant. When you have eaten your fill in this land, be careful not to forget the Lord who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. And that's the part that I'm ending on. And I think we need, and I need to remember when we get out of this time, when we move on, that this is what he desires. He wants our love. He wants our affection and our heart to turn to him. He wants our wholehearted devotion, commitment. He wants us to obey his commands because they're good. And all of this, he gives abundant. He gives us so much. We have so much stuff around us. I can relate to those verses. I will have water that I did not dig. I will eat from vineyards and olive trees. I did not plant. We have it pretty good here. We are among the minority that are richly blessed. And once this lifts, and once it says you've eaten your fill in this land, how much of that has been true? We have eaten our fill. We have had more than enough. I was feeling before this quarantine, the word God was highlighting to me was excess. There's just excess. And I feel he's shaving that excess back and really desiring us to come back to the basics and the foundation of a commitment to him and a love for him. And it says to be careful to not forget the Lord who rescued you from slavery. He's rescuing us right now. He's working on our behalf. He fights our battles and May we be careful not to forget him who will rescue us out of this time. The coronavirus, believe it or not, will be a thing of old that will say, remember that time in quarantine? And I'm not saying it's not going to be different when we come out of quarantine. There might be a gradual shift back into society. I know small businesses are hurting. Some are closing their doors. That's so unfortunate. I'm not discounting the sorrow that's been felt, the grief in this time. But I am saying that when God does get us out of this, when he does rescue us and bring us back and gives us and adds more to our life, may we not forget him. And may we do the things which he's asked in this, the verses before, to commit ourselves wholeheartedly and talk about him when we're going to bed and when we wake up and bring him into every part of our day because That's what he desires, and when you love the Lord, you want to do that, and if you don't even know him in that way, then ask right now. This is the time to just really dive deep and soul search and say, God, I don't know you. I don't think I've 
ever known you, but I want, I want to know what these people are talking about, what these couples and Alicia is even saying. What does that even mean for me? Can I even have faith like that? And the answer is, yes, you can. It's not just for me. It's not just for Jen and Sean or all the other couples represented here. It is a faith that can be yours and you can have God as your personal Lord and Savior. Start by that, just being honest and saying, I don't think I even know you. I don't think I ever have. And he'll be there to answer that cry of your heart and show up and call you out of your comfort zone. And it's not easy, but it's worth it. And it's about living a life on purpose and not out of impulsiveness anymore. So I know that's a really long intro and you can listen as you please or fast forward right on to Jen and Sean's talking story. I hope you're richly blessed by it. I was. It's so funny. They're so cute. And I'll see you guys next month, hopefully. Um, I'm just figuring that out, figuring the next couple out and how I'm going to record if I'm not able to get to them. So stay tuned and enjoy Jen and Sean Stocking's testimony behind the matrimony. Okay, we're recording. So it is Sunday, April 26th. And yeah, we're here just... Um, having a really cool opportunity to talk about our marriage. Happy quarantine Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) It's been interesting being in quarantine for sure with you, Mr. Sean Stocking. Ditto. (laughs) (laughs) So my name is Jennifer Stocking and... And I am Sean Stocking. And we're the Stocking. Stocking family. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) We're here. um, It's pretty pretty late right now. We, We put the kids about a little bit ago we're here just in the comforts of our home yep. and we want to talk to you guys and share a little bit about who we are what our marriage is all about and where we think god is taking it it's pretty awesome absolutely so, do you think i should go first or you go yeah yeah i, I mean you can go first honey my love <laughs> okay. you go and take it off so the first question is testimonies mm-hmm. what's your testimony honey yeah my testimony wow and i feel like it's it's been a whole lot since growing up <laughs> basically just uh i grew up in an interesting home setting um i have divorced parents i went back and forth a whole lot with my parents and in one situation i had my mom who was a christian but didn't live the life so there was a lot of drug and alcohol <clears throat> i had to kind of go through that with them and on the other side I had my dad, who was um, a Christian as well, but took us to church every Sunday and made that a commitment. So uh, we were going to Harvest Christian Fellowship for a very long time, since I'd been five years old. Yeah, so I grew up in the church, knew all about God and the Lord, and knew that I really wanted that. Um, I really wanted that relationship with Christ. Um, But it was interesting because it was something that was thrown on to me and it was something I knew that I wanted or that I, as a Christian, like we're supposed to have. I didn't know if I really felt like I had it. I, you know what I mean? Like growing up so mm. young, I didn't know if I had that kind of relationship with Christ. You knew of him, but you didn't know him. Right. Like mm. there's that relationship. I was missing that connection with him. And then it wasn't until, oh gosh. You know, to be quite honest with you, it wasn't until I hit a really rough patch in my life that I finally, like, it finally clicked for me. Yeah, I was, I was 18. I had some really hard relationships. I was living a really crazy lifestyle. 
and it was one that really it got me really down into the pits and didn't know if I can actually get out of it and the hardest part was that <laughs> that God was like knocking on my heart the entire time and was like Jen I'm here Jen when you're ready Jen I'm not I'm not leaving you um, I just kind of kept pushing him away, pushing him away, but um, it wasn't until October 15th of 2010 when I got in a pretty bad car accident, um, and unfortunately it was a DUI, um, and it sent me to, I thought it was my lowest point at that time. Um, two weeks later, I found out I was pregnant with um, our oldest, Genovicia, and that was something that hit me really, really hard because I knew at that moment that the first thing I thought was I'm very shameful. Um, I felt Mm. a lot of guilt. I was like, how did I get here all these years? How did I get here? But it ended up being where, um, I was okay. God was faithful and knew that I would be redeemed. Um, he was gracious enough to give me her and he was willing to work on my life. And it was, I think it was at that time actually where I wanted to, I was serious about my relationship um, with Christ. And I think that's where my testimony is right now. So it's pretty awesome. Yeah. What about you? Oh man, that's a loaded question. Um, man, I, I, would, I would say that uh, divorced parents, um, which was a blessing because both end up being more happy separated than they were together and then uh i was able to have a strong relationship with my my stepdad and um and have a strong relationship with my my father who i love very dearly and my mom um didn't grow up in the church my uh my dad after divorce took me to harvest christian fellowship here and there mm-hmm. sat outside fell asleep in the chair while greg Laurie speaking sorry greg love you <laughs> um it's not until i mean not until high school i kind of always imagined that there was a God. I didn't really know him, didn't mm. really study him. Funny thing is my, my family always raised me in the fundamentals of God, the fundamentals of Christ. Do unto others as you do yourself, love others, be responsible, right. all those things. Not until my, my Auntie Jackie died and passed away mm. that really kind of stirred me away from God completely. Um, became an atheist. I would probably say more of an agnostic atheist. I, I think that's a a dumb word to say because I don't think anybody's really completely understanding or know that there's no God. Um, but I was against God completely, uh, went around friends, family, debated God, um, was reading books like the, the God delusion and, and stuff like that. And really made this commitment that I will never be a believer. And not until I hit Mark rock bottom myself, got out of, dropped out of college, lost my job, I moved back to my parents after mm. being the first child to move out. And that was a hard mm-hmm. thing because you, you promise your parents that you're not going to come back, that you have it, that you're going to be responsible. And to kind of hit rock bottom was kind of a, a pretty low point in my life. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I remember watching this reality TV show and this young guy having a family. And I just wanted that. And for the first time, my knees hit the ground and I started praying to a God at the time who I didn't know mm. and prayed for a God and give him details. I, I didn't know how to pray, so I was just telling God, I want a tall woman with short hair and athletic and, you know, beautiful, and, and I want to have a family. And two weeks later, I met Jen, who's tall, Here I am. short hair, and athletic. And funny thing is, is that um, I knew from the get-go that I met the one, not because the correlation with the, with the, the prayer, because I didn't make that connection yet. Oh. But one day, um, Jennifer told me that she was pregnant, 
And after having to guess it myself, she kind of put me on trial saying, you got to guess. I can't tell you. I can't be honest with you. (laughs) I made you guess. I did not tell you. No. That I was pregnant. I, I couldn't mean, I tell you. I literally guessed everything in the in the book uh, up to murder or oh, pregnant. No. <laughs> so I'm um, sorry I did that, by yeah, the way. It's okay. <laughs> but um, you know what? Um, I, I was silent for like five minutes after she told me she was pregnant. And I, I was silent. I immediately, was like, yeah. yeah, immediately I was telling myself, man, I pray to a God about a woman who came in my life two weeks later right. from that prayer. And not only did he give me the woman, but he also gave me the family I wanted. And I remember you saying... You, you on the phone. You're like, Jen, do you see me in your future? And I was like, Yes. Yeah. And you're all, Let's do it. I'm a romantic. What I what can I say? I was like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> this is awesome. Um, you know, it was crazy. I mean, kind of fast forward because I don't want to take too long on this question. But you know, when I met Jennifer, she was a Christian. She made this commitment because she had the baby. She was having a she was pregnant, like in her testimony. And for a while, we kind of debated about God and. Um, I went on an endeavor to find evidence to deny God because I was still an atheist in a sense, even though I prayed that one prayer. And for six months, I studied as much as I can, watching debates, reading books, reading historical documentation, etc. And found no evidence to deny Christ only to prove him. So I made a commitment to Christ and changed my degree to biblical studies and theology and ended yeah. up getting my bachelor's in that. You so changed it all. Yep, it's crazy my how that works. Mm-hmm. My life was changed awesome. for the good. All right, the next question is marriage story. How did God bring the two of you together? Did you meet before being committed to him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh we we actually yeah. went to middle school together. We did. Um and high school together. We graduated together. Um 2005. It's kind of a 2005 05, yep. Mm-hmm. Uh Jennifer was kind of the low-key conservative yes. soccer player. I was the the popular, I guess Jennifer would the say jock. it, what we call me. Yeah. Uh, right. I'll I'm a jock with smarts. Um, I was friends with everybody. Yeah. yeah, I was a social butterfly. I was friends with everybody. Yeah, I was too, but and we were just classmates. So we definitely, um, we definitely had classes together. We saw each other. I saw it's you. Hi. We saw you. I saw you, and I was like, "He's a cutie." Yep. I'm sure you said the same thing. About oh yeah. Me. <laughs> yep. But um, yeah, so middle school, we go way back. Yeah, we go way back. We actually, when we got married, um, my in-laws, Jennifer's parents, mm-hmm. found a picture of yes. Jennifer's graduation from eighth grade to ninth grade. Yes. And in the picture is her smiling. Yes. And I'm in the background, probably like, I would say, what, how many feet? Like 20 feet away, 30 feet away, looking at Jennifer. No, you were literally like 100 feet away, but for some reason, you, the camera caught you. Looking at looking you. Looking right at me. Yeah. And you were like, and it was, it was like, you ordained, were in my like, picture. It was like ordained there. We're like, what? <laughs> Sean Stockings in my picture? So like, I've been on this plan for about seven years to 10 years yeah. to uh, get Jennifer there and marry go. her. So ever since I saw her on the eighth grade. So there we go. There you go. Um, but yeah, no. Um, so, so basically, God just brought us together through um, through the wonders of Facebook. Social yes. media. Yeah. So um, five years after we graduated, we graduated uh-huh. in 2005, you you messaged me in 2010, and it was in November. Yeah, and you declined me. I did. I didn't want to talk to any she boys. She absolutely deleted me. No, I didn't delete it. I was like, I'm not talking to boys because I'm pregnant. I have a lot going on. Yeah. God is the only man in my life right now. <laughs> like, yeah. This is what I was thinking. 
Um, however, you, I think you messaged me again. Oh yeah, I'm I'm aggressive. Okay, so then. Stop <laughs> <laughs> it. I work hard. I'm telling you right now. Yep. Well, I go on your Facebook, and I I go on your Facebook, and I look at all of your pictures. And you don't look the same at all. Yeah, low key. I had a back in high school. I had an afro that um, I literally when when I put in the helmet, the 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 fro, the curls came out the back like Troy okay. Palomalo. So well, then and your, now I'm bald. In your pictures, you're bald. You have no hair <laughs> yeah. except for there, there's this one picture of you that I saw of you, and I was like, oh my gosh, it's Sean stalking. And I was like, he's so cutie. I'm going to talk to him. And the rest is history because we did end up messaging each other. So we um, communicated with each other for, it was only about two weeks. Two weeks. And then just on the phone, just through Messenger. Um, And I knew. We didn't even, we didn't even see each other. No. And in those two weeks of time frame, we actually knew at that moment that we were going to be be together together forever. forever. It was, this was it. It was yeah. crazy. I mean, not only did the prayer, because um, the first question is, how did God bring us together? I think it was my prayer for sure. And I think it was at your most, it was at the perfect time. Uh, I had Jennifer to be, had yeah. to go through what she had to go through, yep. and I had to go through what I had to go through. And ultimately, you know, for those who are single or for those who are married, that can, re- can relate in a sense, God is just prepping us for that one. And it doesn't matter if it's tomorrow or in a year or in five years. Yeah, he's preparing you for somebody and in the right way. So, mm. you know, definitely God prepared me and Jen and mm-hmm. or Jen and I. And we had to and, go through um, the struggles and the hardships. We to, had to. to end up with us together. Yeah, we just yes. we fit. It was the puzzle. That There's just missing. things that happen in that time frame where if it didn't happen, it wouldn't prepare us for some of the things in marriage. I think. A hundred percent. Wow. So. Yeah, that's. Mm. I got, got you there. You did. Your mind exploded. It's, I'm totally going to read the next question. <laughs> okay, read the next question. Yeah. What is one vulnerable area in your story, in in your marriage, that you two have walked through that he has since restored, redeemed, broken through, maybe even currently walking through? This is a loaded question. This is, yeah. Um, I mean... Wow. The beginning started with my atheism, with you and not, then yeah, not believing, not believing. And, and Jennifer being fervent in Christ and inviting me every Sunday to church, and I finally accepted it. Well, the thing was, is for me, uh, you have to understand, I'm coming from someone who was raised a Christian, yeah, and I was pregnant, about to have a baby. The one thing that mattered to me was security and safety. Like, are for you gonna you. for me yep. and my daughter? Are we gonna feel safe? Are you gonna make us feel secured? Are you? I knew at that moment that God had um, wanted my my relationship to whomever to be fruitful and yeah. to be exactly what He wanted, you know, for our lives. But it was like, is that in you, Sean? So yeah. that was number one. I think that and that, that kind of correlates to because it, biblically, from a biblical standpoint, the husband represents Christ of the and the wife represents the church. And coming from an atheist background, not knowing the scriptures, I was what the scripture says in in Hebrews in the book of Hebrews I think it's chapter 6 or maybe chapter 5 or one of the two um where you know we have to go from being like a child drinking milk and then getting older and drink, eating whole food in the word and yeah. Jennifer needed me to take that step to be able to lead her biblically yeah. 
and lead our family in that right way. And I think that was a big struggle too, because in the beginning I wasn't really, even though I made that commitment to Christ, I was still struggling with serving. I was still struggling with doing specific things. So I just didn't comprehend those things. Mm. But um, eventually God has blessed me with being just driven for knowledge of him and those things. And the biggest thing is yeah. Jennifer has been a tremendous support in my my loans for school <laughs> and uh but yeah. it's all blessing it's but all that, blessing and that so that was our breakthrough our, that, was our, our that breakthrough. was our breakthrough in the beginning and that's what we needed i and, needed that to set us for the rest of our life yeah right? and and i think i think when we kind of make it more relatable to the people who are hearing this recording i mean financials has always been a struggle for us a hundred and you know yeah, finances i am always- i am very cautious with money i'm mm. very you know, I'm the guy that gets like five different things from the store. I'm standing in line. And by the time I get up to the cash register, yep, everything one. is gone because yep. I put it all back. Because <laughs> I can constantly debate myself if I need it. If I and really I will need constantly it. debate as to why we need that. Yeah. and If it's not now, it's later. Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> and for me and Jen, we, we need to do a better job financially. And it was a big struggle. And that was... Mm a lot of our arguments and yeah. to be honest and it, it got to the point we we got through a seasons but what's crazy and, and not crazy for who those who are believers but what's amazing is having that foundation of christ has mm-hmm. allowed us to overcome those things those burdens it's because we know where god in scripture what he wants of us where he sees us in our marriage like through our finances and the areas that he wants to bless us in. We see it. We know it. We know his word. So we, we want to implicate that, you know, yeah. in our, in our marriage. But yeah, um, I think, I mean, another, that's pretty much our breakthrough. I mean, I, yeah. And then the biggest thing too is, is trying to find that balance of loving and respecting. I was just going to say, so our yeah. love and respect, we did we did a class. You remember that? It was like I the do. very the love first, and respect conference. Yes, and it was our first year of marriage, and we're like, we need to do this, and we were really touched by that. That was something that was like, whoa, blew our mind. Yeah. But the thing is, is years later, you know, through the chaos and craziness, madness, finances, kids, parenthood, mm-hmm. my goodness, you kind of forget that you lose sight of the love and respect part of what we've learned and. And then now we're in a struggle of how do I respect you, honey? And how do I love you, honey? And it, the biggest thing is it's not just for us guys. We You you would go back and say, man, I, I do love my wife. I, I do a lot for my wife. For me, it's like I come home and I do up to four, three or four things for my wife just because I need to serve her because as Christ served everybody on the cross. And the thing is, is that sometimes love is in different ways. And I wasn't comprehending the way to love my wife and vice versa for her. Sometimes respect comes in different ways. It's not just listening to me and going forth with it. It's respect me in ways that maybe are kind of the the, the small things, right, that might become the irritation for the individual. But, I mean, those small things, that respect and love, you know, we can always be better. And that is the number one thing because – there's been times where I'm like, I do love you, honey. I like, I, I show you love more than everything, and I, I've even said I've showed you more love than you show me respect, and that's not the case because <laughs> there's always so much more I can do better, 
right? Wouldn't you say so? Yeah, definitely. I think we're, I think there's just a, you know, it goes back into, I think a self-centeredness, maybe a stubbornness for me. I'm a little stubborn um, at times and I can just kind of hold. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's true. I swear I wasn't laughing at you, honey. Sure. Wink, wink. <laughs> Well, it's true, you know, and because of my stubbornness and and actually very strong willed, you know, a lot of the times I feel like in my selfishness at that point, it could just be it's my way or no way. But that's where the that's the respect part that sometimes I can lack in. And I'm sorry, because I know that I see Mm. that. I know that's something that needs to be done. And, and I and I do realize that, you know, I maybe realize it. 30, 40 minutes later, wow. but I'm like, I see that I see where the respect needs to come. So I think if there's something that is something that God is still con- constantly working between you and I, yeah. it would be, it would be that, that love, love and respect for sure. And what does that look like for you and I? Well, this is recording. Yeah. So I did get a recorded. Sorry. So I'm going to take that to the bank. Yeah. I'm going to need to copy this recording. <laughs> She's like, move on to the next question. Save Let's go. <laughs> All right. What is the ministry God has led you to? Yeah. Well, I think I think we both agree that our marriage ministry is serving. And serving is is huge. It's a magnitude of serving, mm. but I think our number one is um serving each other and then serving our kids is um our ministry right now. Um and then we can kind of go That's down our quarantine ministry. <laughs> <laughs> right now for sure in quarantine is what we're doing. But I think I think if we want to kind of stretch it out even further, um you and I because of who we are individually, like our personalities, um the way we just live life out you know out there, mm-hmm. um we are we constantly find ways to try to serve others like around us like our family and our friends, like we legit, like genuinely want to be there for them and help them. I can't count on my fingers how many times I've helped a lot of people because I love people and I want them to know that they're loved and they're valued and I want to help them. And God is like pulling me always help them go pick them up, give them a ride. They need to sleep over. Oh yeah. (laughs) And it's been a roller coaster of a ride. I'll tell you that. I mean, we want, but also like in our fitness, like God has given me the gift to like be strong and to sit there and say, Hey, I'm giving you these, um, I'm giving you these doors, these open doors, open open doors now to, to start helping and reaching others. I want you to serve others, you know, in this way. Um, and also just, I, I love children. I've been in ministry of children's ministry for, for years. years and God, I still feel is going to open up those doors wide yeah. open when we're out of quarantine to serve in those. Yeah. Like, so yeah. And our, I think in, in the long stretch, like our, our ministry is to serve, um, our, yeah. each other and others outside. Yeah. The, the first ministry, even specifically for us husbands and, and fathers is, is our family. That's the number one thing is, uh, God first, you know, and then our family, you know, my order of priorities is, God, Bible, wife, kids, family, friends, people I don't know, and then like work, money, whatever comes after that. And I, I truly believe that putting God first is most important because it influences everything below it. 
you know, if I put God first, it influenced me in the Bible. If I put God first, it influenced me uh, being a good husband for my wife. If I put God first, it influenced me being a good father to my kids and so on and so forth. So that's always the main ministry first and foremost. I think my biggest ministry has always been counseling. I, I did go to school for biblical studies and theology, and I'm not going to be a pastor. I don't I don't think so. Um, Jennifer, I've, I've done it a couple of times at Harvest. I've, I've spoken and taught, but, you know, I think uh, I find so much enjoyment in being behind the doors and not being up in public and being known. I think uh, it's so funny doing because, the hidden work. You know, it's funny is like, um, I, I don't know who it was, but someone asked you, so what are you going to use? So you're going, you're going to school for biblical studies. It and was theology? David, my boss. <laughs> oh my gosh. So what are you going to use this degree for? Yeah. So I work at a company <laughs> called ATAC and we do security surveillance systems and access control for commercial and universities and all that stuff. And in my interview, he saw my bachelor's degree and said, what are you, are you going to leave in a year and become a pastor? I'm like, no. I said, I, I got the degree to, to utilize it every, each and every day. And there it is. And there it is. I use that degree each and every day to preach the gospel and counsel people and and to be counseled to and to be humbled and try to be humbled. And we know how that is. And uh, and those things. Awesome. So. And you've been a really great servant to, to not only in your work, but just like those who come across you. You've just been able to serve them with the knowledge that you have through hmm. your through your schooling yeah. and also through your just the, your ability to research and really dig and really and really want to get to know the truth yeah. um, about God and who he is and what this whole thing is about. And well, it, it all originated. Awesome. It's crazy because it all originated from and I'm not being so cliche because we're doing this recording and it's about marriage, but it really came from from you, Jennifer, Aww. because um, I didn't know what that looked like. Yeah. When I was young, I didn't know what serving looked like or my motivation. And all I know was how to be debating. I, I knew how to be in apologetics. I knew mm -hmm. how to evangelize. But to serve and counsel and reach out and love others, that was a very big struggle for me because, I mean, I'm the guy that walks into a restaurant and I look at my exes because I don't know who's here and I'm weary about people around me and... You know, I'm like to stay home, not be in crowds. So, and Jennifer <laughs> is like, let's go. She's let's spontaneous. Let's get out there and let's do this. And when I see her talk to random people and tell her and, and her tell these people, God loves you. And, and there's a God in heaven, Jesus, who died for you and, and those things. And I'm like, man, that, that zealousness, I just love and admire so much. And it definitely has teared away with the, the multi layers that I have and allow me to be able to counsel. And that's why I would say I'd probably never be a pastor, and I'm fine with that. I'll probably be more behind the closed doors counseling the individuals. But I don't think you would have been where you're at if you didn't make that switch. No, absolutely when not. When our marriage began. Yeah. Made that switch. It's funny because there have been a lot of people who are are not married. They're um, in uh, courting. Quarantine? No. Or... <laughs> Oh, oh yeah, they're courting. Yeah. I'm sorry, I maybe got quarantine. I got quarantine on the mind. They're, they're courting in quarantine. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's what's happening right now. No, but a lot of people right now. Um, I actually know a few people who I've I ran into who um are not married, but the reason why they're not there's a reason why they're not married, and mm. they're like it's because a lot of the reasoning is because I'm waiting for so and so to finish school, or I'm waiting for them to make this decision, or. I just don't know how things are going yeah. to be. There's a lot of questioning as to why they're not married. And I get it. Like, I understand. Maybe you don't feel secure enough or maybe there's something else that you're missing. Like, okay, I understand that. For you and I, 
it was just like instant. Like God was like, you guys are it. And through, um, through us just being able to take that leap because we did things backwards, right? I got pregnant. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> we that kind of we were we were in a relationship together. Yeah, and then and then we got married, and then and then not only that, but we didn't understand. We were trying to understand. You and I were trying to get to know each other while we were being parents. Well, that's All what's funny. Event. You bring that up because that kind of generates to the second the yeah. next question. Like glory to God's story in your marriage, and I think the we we overcome really adversity the adversity and and those things where we had family members and friends saying you know especially to me because mm-hmm. i keep, keep in mind my family wasn't a a churchgoers even though my mom supported me my dad supported or my brother supported me and everybody but we had some people come couple, against us and yeah. you know really by the foundation only solely by the foundation of god not of our own you know because we were weak we were very vulnerable at the time and we could have been easily influenced by the world we could have been easily just saying, yeah, you know, this is just not going to work. But we weren't. We stayed fervent in God's word and we attended church almost every time we can. And we counseled ourselves and stuck to each other and and really overcame by God's glory. Yeah. And it, it couldn't be done by us. And that's I want to emphasize on that because many people depend on themselves to, to see the result. And, and if it's uncomfortable, mm-hmm. what do they do? They just run away. They just run away. They, 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 they break quit. it off. They stop. It's done. The unknown, they don't know what's going to happen. We're done. Yeah, but God did the unknown. And we... You know, and it's like, it's crazy. Like if Christ can do the unknown on the cross and did and it for we had us... To show that we had to show these people in our, in our family, we had to show them that it's unknown. It's unknown territory. I know it, it sounds crazy and things are so flipped upside down right now. But I promise you, God is doing something great. Yeah, because to emphasize on what you were saying before, we literally had a baby and then dated. And tried I mean, to get to know each other and tried through to, parenthood. And, and didn't move in together at all until we got married. Yeah, I think Genovese was one. Yeah, no, living, she was no, two. She, no, she was. Yeah, yeah, she, she was. She was two years old. Yeah. Because she was a year and a I half. I waited a year. So when we got married, Genevieve was a year and a half old. Yeah, and I was met this girl who just had a baby, and I'm Lily, and I was there for the pregnancy, naming, giving her a male, middle name, and yeah. I was raising a baby. I was yeah. really raising a baby. It's cr- <laughs> just to think about it now. I know. It's like because you you tend to not to you know life gets so goes by so fast. Wow. And then you have a time like this right wow, now, which is gosh. such a blessing. Yeah. To kind of dwell on. In a good way, and yeah. say, "Oh my gosh, that that did happen. That, that did really, happen." Yeah. And now, and now, our family who just adore her and adore our family and yeah. adore, yeah, because we had our process. Two other, two, we have three kids total, all together, and Genevieve yeah. and Bella and Levi, and it's just like, and I think that strength through Christ, yeah, uh, through His glory, allowed people around us to see those things happen in our lives. And they in themselves made a commitment. Yeah. Like we've had family members. We've had people attend church or even ask us those questions who were opposed to us before. And it's just remarkable in the way to see God's work. And, and our testimony is still going on. Our testimony never just stops. Oh, for stops. everybody. and never stops. And, yeah. and our marriage testimony is what it is right now. Like we, we, we've gone through these crazy seasons, roller coasters, and things of the unknown. And our 
trying our best right now to just showcase like what God is doing, the love of, of love of Christ, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, we're, we're still, we're still trucking along and (laughs) we're doing our best in quarantine, just doing our best right now to to make things work. I'll tell you, you know, it's, uh, we're having fun with it. We're having fun at this, you know, we're not by any means, when you look at us, we're not worthy of God's, of God's glory. We're not worthy of his, of his sacrifice because, we're we're such flawed people, mm. and we fall short. Me and Jennifer wow. and I, and yeah. we fight, and we argue, and there's a time where we, you know, we say things that we shouldn't say, and I'm I'm just as guilty, and mm. maybe some of the men can relate that more than others. But we stand here today saying that we we need Christ, mm-hmm. and that is the glory in itself. Is that each and every day? There's not a day that goes by where we felt like. Man, um, there's just not there's not there's not a purpose here, or there's not something more meaningful here, or there's not a love here, or something of the nature. We always we fight, we make up, and then every every time it goes back to God. And we do it all over again. And we do it all over again. It's awesome. But every time it goes back to Christ, and yeah. it never falls short. It's funny because we do we have we'll have these serious talks where we sit there and we're like you know, what is it that we're missing? And we yeah. always like, man, did we just do all of this without God, like consulting him, talking to yeah. him, praying to him? No wonder we're like where we're at right now. And and it's probably hitting whoever's listening to this. It's probably like, oh yeah, we've done that too. Absolutely. I mean, we're, we're standing here today telling everybody, whoever's listening to this is saying, man, we're, we're just as guilty a man who wants a school for biblical studies and theology, and yeah. a woman who serves fervently, yeah. is just as guilty as saying we don't get involved Christ enough. Yeah, we just don't, and that is probably one of the biggest, biggest things for it's our, our relationship. It's our, it, in a marriage, that will be the biggest struggle. Yeah, in a marriage, because is, life goes by so fast, right? right? Kids. Right? Yes. Wouldn't you say so? Parenthood, trying to, or again, our finances, trying to figure out just what this is on a daily. Like, we do sometimes on miss out. Daily. Yeah, we miss out on on what God is wanting to do in our lives, you know? And then we, we center ourselves. We get, it's funny because we, just like every marriage and just like every single individual in this world mm-hmm. who knows Christ and loves Christ, we go through our seasons and then. At the end of the day, Christ doesn't have a season. Yeah. He loves us each and every day. Every second mm. of the day, he loves us. Wow. And even though we go through our seasons, we always resort back to him. Because he is that merciful. He is that gracious. He yeah, is, he's that loving. He, he is that loving. Man. And that's, Amen. That's what, uh, that's what it comes down to. I yeah. think the question here is, anything you wish you would have known before stepping into marriage that you can impart to others? So I think... You can start that off. Anything you wish you, <laughs> you would have known. Um, I wish I would have known that through marriage, gosh. I got an answer. You want me to answer it? Yeah. All right. So my answer is there's a story in the scriptures of Jesus cleaning the disciples' feet. And Jesus and the, and the disciples say, Rabbi, Rabbi, we should be cleaning your feet. You shouldn't be cleaning ours. And I'm paraphrasing this. And Jesus' response is, for the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life and ransom for many. And I remember first hearing that verse and trying to apply my name into that to my family. For Sean did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for his family. And my biggest thing was this 
becoming this selfish person, mm-hmm. individual who we all are when we're young, of wanting money, of wanting prosperity, of running, wanting cars and a house or whatever the case may be, and then turning that selfish person into a selfless person, saying, I'm not going to focus no longer on myself. I'm going to focus on my wife and my kids. I think that's the one thing I would tell if I were to known this prior. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, this is a, a never growing concept for me because I'm not perfect at it by any means. But I'll tell you, that is that is the one verse that I say each and every time when we have an argument, my love, mm-hmm. or I get mad at the kids or something in nature where I say this verse in my head because it just strikes me and I know Christ is just talking to me through this verse yeah i i wish i would have known that selfishness like yeah for myself kind of similar it, it's definitely similar because that's the one thing that i actually struggle on a lot and um it's one thing that i'd struggled on a lot last year was just in my own doing and to know that mentally and yeah and to know that um you can't so you need in a marriage you need the other person mm. you need that partner and you need Christ and it's not on your own doing at all. Yeah. So you're, you're single. Great. Live that singleness between you and, and your father, but in your marriage there, it's not just you, mm. but it's you and your partner that you're with and yeah. you two are doing everything together. Become one flesh. And it's, it's important to just continuously telling myself through our marriage, um, through parenthood, through motherhood too. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't do it alone, you know. Yeah, nor so. can I. Nor can I. There's a, there's a great calculated design when it comes to marriage, and that is between a man and a woman, and being that co-equal branch right. to raising a family, because there's things that you do that I cannot even imagine myself doing, especially in quarantine time, people. <laughs> This this beautiful woman is teaching our kids homeschool, and she's a stay-at-home mom. And I'll tell you right now, you know, it's a blessing, and it sometimes is a struggle having a single income. But my wife staying home prepared her for this very moment, and it's definitely just blossomed. And these kids are moving through school. And, and I think that um, goes on to like just like our last part of this is that, you know, how are we doing? How's our marriage? And that is it right there. Um, I yeah. Think- I think in in this crazy season that we're all going through, and um, we're all struggling right now, I think a little bit, but I think we're also all trying to find the hope in this kind of madness, the chaos that we're kind of all facing as a society um, right now through quarantine. I think that we're, I'm hoping that we can come together. And I think that's the whole big part mm. of it was coming together um, in unity, um, in love, and to know that God is big and he has it all under control um, just like our marriage, she has everything under control and there's a purpose for our marriage and there's a purpose for all of us out here um, in the struggles that we face, whether it be in parenthood, motherhood, fatherhood, mm. whether it be within ourselves or all of us together. Um, there's a purpose and a plan and God is faithful and he is going to show that and he probably has already to a lot of us. I know he has for you and I, so I think um, I think our marriage is just getting stronger and it's we're definitely learning a lot. Yeah, um, I mean, in this in this time. Yeah, it's it, you know to kind of close this out. Is that what we're doing? Okay, to kind of close this out is um, you know to piggyback off what you're saying with mm-hmm. that ending there. You know, we went to a Friday night at Harvest Christian Fellowship, and at the time it was Pastor Daniel Hooper, 
And he kind of told a story, that generic, common, corny story where he sees an old couple that's been married for 50 years and he asks the, he asks the husband, what's your, what's, your, what's your secret? How'd you make this happen for 50 years? And mm-hmm. the one thing he said is that um, I didn't marry, uh, I didn't fall in love, and I hope I don't butcher this, I didn't fall in love with the woman I married on that day. I fell in love with the woman that she, she was going to be each and every day. Everybody changes and my wife is going to change each and every day our season changes. our season changes she's changing i'm changing and i'm not going to resort back to the woman i married at the time in our wedding i'm going to resort back to the woman mm. she's going to become and that's who i'm going to love and that is the most precious thing i've ever heard in my life because i didn't understand that fundamental things and we've all been there let's be honest we talked about, oh, you used to do this for me. You used to do that. You used to write letters and notes. I used and, to be there. Yeah. I used to told you that. <laughs> yep. And, uh, and I realized uh, that we're, we, we're changing. We're and changing. We're okay to, I think our love has grown stronger. Even, yeah, absolutely. Even so and that there's time passes. nothing compares to that, right? And so yeah. I think that's the biggest thing is we love the person that they're going to become each and every day. And, and number mm. one thing, too, is I, I truly believe based on what you're saying, the quarantine thing. I don't look at this so negatively. I know people are passing away and it's such a tragedy. And I pray to God that they have accepted Christ in their heart and that they are there with the Father because the scripture says and Paul says to be away from the bodies to be present with the Lord. And that is that is the ultimate goal at the end of the day, mm-hmm. man. If I am meant to be with the Father and be with Jesus and, and be in heaven through the, through the quarantine issue, through the coronavirus, and so be it, man. I'm... I made my goal happen. Um, you know, it's such a tragedy. And we we definitely pray for those who are suffering at this very moment. But at the end of the day, I'm also rejoicing in this very tragedy. Because in this very tragedy, it's also brought families together. It's also brought the husbands to realize that work is not the most important thing in their lives. It's family. It's the wife that is in the bed right next to them and, and, and supporting them. It's their kids who can't wait for the dad to come home. It's all those things in a nutshell, and it kind of just brought it all back together. Don't you think so? Trial, the one thing I've always said is trial with trials um, will bring triumph, and I think that's what's happening right now. And I think in our marriage, um, that's exactly what will happen. Even through the trials, God is faithful to bring triumph in it. And I think yeah. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, I, I so. completely agree. I completely agree, honey. Well, and. I I love I've loved this. I love you. This is fun. I love you. Well, I love you too. <laughs> this is fun. Yeah. We're we're not the most magnificent people at all. We're just an average Joe average and Jane. Joes. Yep. Yep. Our faith is heavily on the Lord. And, uh, we went through our season. We went through our season. Yep. Just recently, where the Lord wasn't first, but uh, now we're with the Lord and we're rejoicing in that and rejoicing in this very moment. So we love you guys. We pray for you guys, and uh, I hope what we said just motivates you. Yep. Love you, honey. Love you, honey. Be sure to follow on Instagram at The Marriage Project Co. Or check out the website, www.themarriageproject.co, to see all the photos that accompany each testimony behind each matrimony. And be sure to subscribe for the community newsletter to get each episode sent directly to your inbox.